Thank you. Thank you very much. That was fantastic. And uh, Brooke and the guys up and the gals up in the sound booth, we appreciate it. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to do something this morning that uh, I, have never, I have never done before, and it might be a little distracting to you. Uh, I, uh, I am going to preach with my glasses on, okay? Now, see, this, this is the kind of stuff they don't teach you, you know, in preaching school, you know, because, man, I can't see a thing out there. This looks good here. But, uh, you know, some preachers, some preachers, I mean, they got a, they got a great dynamic going, you know, with the glasses and, uh, you know, the meditating and that kind of thing. But uh, I, I'm going to try this, and hopefully this doesn't get in the way. I might preach with them on, off. I might chuck them in the middle, all right? So <laughs> bear, uh, bear with me here while, uh, while we do this. Um, and this morning also, this could, get, uh, this could little bit, get a little bit interesting, a little bit dicey for us. Uh, the title of this message is Making Clear Decisions in a Foggy World. And, uh, and every generation um, has their, their own areas of absolutes, you know, things that, things that we unquestionably think are black and white. And then there are other areas that perhaps we consider, you know, they're, they're gray areas. They're open for, you know, they're open for discussion or the possibility of, of participating in. And, uh, you know, so some of you remember the days when... Uh, when guys having long hair was, was not even an issue. It was just unquestionably sin. <laughs> you remember those days? And uh, I don't know what Will, Will would have done. His long hair is here. It's not in the back, so maybe that was okay. I don't know. And uh, some of you remember the days when, you know, if you got your, if you got your foot tapping to the beat of a music, well, that was, that was the devil's music. And uh, those, those things have kind of faded by, by the wayside. In some churches, they, they still exist, which is a little, a little, a little scary. But uh, every generation has our, our different things that we, we definitely consider sin and things that we don't sin. And, and uh, uh, let me just say this. Uh, in the church today, not necessarily just all for Allman Bible Church, but the church in general worldwide our gray areas, they're expanding. <laughs> Things that we thought were sin, we're not calling sin anymore. And they're, those things are, are growing. And, and if you want to say that the church is kind of, we've pretty much come off our, our detox of legalism, where Christianity was simply just about rules, stuff you do and you don't do, and that was, that was simply it. But in the, in the wake of that... Uh, I'm concerned that maybe we've swung the pendulum a little bit too far. And now in our, our, the church's recognized freedom in Christ, that perhaps we've, we've swung the pendulum a little bit too far. And, and our young people have questions that they are looking for, for, for answers to. And, uh, and often perhaps the older generation hasn't given them biblical answers to it. Um, uh, perhaps the younger generation is all too ready to simply follow trend and what others are doing or a, or a message that they have heard from someplace. You know, if we tack a couple verses here or there, then, then we're good to go. I have my reasons as to why I do what I do, and that's, that's going to be good enough. Uh, without necessarily searching all of the scriptures, the whole 
counsel of God. The, the goal is not, to, the goal is not to, for me to find a couple of scriptures to back up what I want to do. The goal is to honor Christ with our whole life, right? So uh, here's just a few of these topics that, uh, that are kind of interesting for us to today. Here's, here's a few of them. You can write some of these down. You could put your own in there if you, you got your notes ready. The kind of, the kind of music that you listen to. Uh, physical contact between a couple before they actually get married. There's the question, how far is too far? Um, drinking alcohol uh, in public or in private. Uh, uh, getting tattoos is kind of fading beside the wayside a little bit. Perhaps what you watch on, what you watch on TV uh, the kind of language, perhaps, that you hear on TV is, is becoming a, a gray area. Divorce and remarriage. The kind of clothes, the kind of clothes that you wear. Uh, in some cases, even language. Um, some of us would consider specific words just absolutely unacceptable in any way, shape, or form, where others would consider them not a problem. I'm even, I'm even very surprised at the number of Christians that I hear using the phrase, oh my God, I hear it very, very often. And there doesn't seem, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of conviction about that anymore, um, whether it is at a, a concert or, uh, or something else that you hear. Uh, I even know of a few pastors that use the phrase often. And it only gets used when they're frustrated about something. I've played golf with them before. And <laughs> That's the phrase that comes out of their mouth. And it's, uh, it's a little discouraging. And uh, what, uh, what I want to do today, many of you would really prefer me this morning to just run through this list. You know, give me a couple of verses on each of them and just tell me. Just tell me straight up. Is it sin or is it not? Okay? Just, just, just clear the air for me. Well, folks, I'm not going to do that for you today. <laughs> uh, I want to encourage you with, uh, with something else. Some of you are thinking, you know, boo, you know, show some guts up there. Well, there's, there's a bigger issue at hand other than just what I particularly think or what I particularly follow. And uh, uh, we, we could probably, I mean, at best, maybe cover one of those subjects. And it would probably wouldn't be more in a preaching format. It would be a little bit more in a, in a discussion time. And some of those you could never cover in one, in one particular meeting. Um, if you were to talk to me afterwards about something or have you asked for my particular uh, passages that I go to or that I've studied over the years, I'd be happy to do that or meet with you some other time. That's, that's, that's fine. Uh, I'm not exhaustive in any of those particular subjects. Uh, you might even have some ideas that I haven't thought of before. But here's, here's my biggest concern that I see amongst believers today. And this is what I want to focus on this morning. What... What are the black and white principles that help us make decisions when it comes to those, those gray areas? You know, what are the things that are unquestionably that God has, has advised us on? And maybe they aren't particularly specific about the issue we're looking at, if you're talking about smoking, drinking, or whatever the case may be. Maybe the scriptures don't speak on it, but what are the other principles that God has laid out for you and I that guide us when it comes to making decisions. And that's what I want to look at this morning. Uh, and uh, we are 
in essence, with each of those tough decisions, there's this, there's this mental battle that, that goes on. It is this battle between you know, what, what, I, what I think a good Christian should do or be and, very simply put, what I want to do, <laughs> what I want to try or what I want to experiment in. And, and there's, this, there's this halt that says, should I or shouldn't I? And perhaps the, perhaps the older generation... Um, or, or, I'm sorry, the younger generation has looked at the older generation and just think, well, I'm not going to ask them. They're just, man, they're just old school. I mean, they, don't, they just don't get me anymore. They're from a, man, they're from a different mold. They, they're not, I already know what they're going to say anyway, so I'm not going to ask them. Or even perhaps the older generation has taken an approach, man, those, those youngins are just, they're more reckless every day. We've got to get control of them somehow. And there's a problem on both ends. Uh, and actually, the problem is, is the same problem. Uh, and it's this. We, we are not searching the scriptures well enough. We're not considering the, 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 whole, the whole counsel of God. We may be, again, throwing a verse or two out there to back up our own viewpoint. But, uh, folks, I want to encourage you. We, we, we've got to have the courage to go the distance with the scriptures. You know, some of, the, some of the things, issues that we just talked about, they don't get solved in one sitting. They don't get solved in just one, one setting. It, it takes time. It, uh, it takes work. And uh, Psalm 119, verse 105, many of you are familiar with this text, but it says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And here's, here's what God's word does. It, it clarifies life. You know, as I'm walking and, there's, and it's dark in front of me, you know what the Word of God does? It shines light. So what was confusing in me, what wasn't clear as I take my next step, it's all of a sudden clear. There's light there now. Now I can see. And what once was a very emotional decision or what once was very, very complicated, the Word of God clarifies for you and I. And sometimes that doesn't happen as quickly as you and I want. But we've got to have the courage to go to the scriptures, study it all out completely, and regardless of what you find, or you may not find, to be willing and ready to obey the scriptures. Uh, and so I want to look at five principles, or if you want to say just five questions that are great questions for you and I to ask ourselves when it comes to participating in or, or some of those gray areas in our culture. And, I, and these five principles that we're going to look at this morning, you know what, they take time. They take a whole lot of time for you and I to exercise, to, to, to work at, to practice when it comes to making those choices. So here we go. Let's, uh, let's dive into this. And the first thing that you see there in your notes is this, is are the scriptures absolutely clear about it, this particular subject? Are the scriptures absolutely clear? John 17, 17 is Jesus praying. He's praying for his disciples, and he says, sanctify them by your, your truth. And he says, your word is, is truth. Here, here your, your word is truth. And I, I've said this before, but this, this is a big book, okay? And there's a lot here. And again, uh, uh, going through the scriptures to find one or two verses that can that can perhaps pacify somebody else when they question what you're involved in or what you're doing. It just, that's not good enough. <laughs> it's a big book. We've got to be ready to study all of it. 
And does the scriptures very, very clearly speak against it? And folks, I, I, think, it's, I think it's good to, to listen to other preachers. I think it's good to read books, to seek counsel from others. But guys, all of those, all of those are secondary compared, just compared to the book, <laughs> compared to his word, even somebody else's opinion of what, of what the Bible says. And I'll, uh, I'll, never forget, uh, I'll never forget some of the advice that my homiletics teacher gave me in college. That's the, uh, uh, teaching about how to preach specifically or how to interpret the scriptures. And, uh, and this is what he said. He says, uh, resist the temptation to pick up a commentary too quickly. A commentary is somebody else's, you know, writing about a particular passage. There's lots of great ones out there. Warren Wiersbe, John MacArthur, uh, Matthew Henry, uh, and, and many others that can really be helpful when it comes to your studying. But basically, this is what he said. He says, read the passage and then read it again and then read it again and read it over and over and over again. And he said, look at the context of the passage. Look at the verses just before. Look at the verses afterwards and continue to read. And then he said, just then go do your word studies. You know, every single word of the verse or the package of verses, find the specific Greek meaning or Hebrew or Aramaic meaning to that particular word, and then do your interpretation. And then, and then this is what he says. And then cross-reference it with other scriptures. Scripture interprets scripture. And then he said, the last thing you do is look at commentaries and what somebody else has to say about the passage. And you know what? We can respect lots of people uh, that are great, great Bible teachers. Don't get me wrong. But I think we've got to be real, real careful about letting other people simply shape and form our perception on a particular, a particular subject. 2 Timothy 2.15, many of you are familiar with this text, says this. It says, be diligent to present yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, but, okay, who correctly handles the word of truth. Every single one of us, you and I, are on a journey throughout the rest of our lives to be somebody who correctly handles this book. You personally are responsible before God to handle this book correctly. And some of you remember the, the old King James Version, and it says to study to show yourself approved. And the word study is definitely a concept in the text. But the word literally here means to be diligent. It means to, it means to work hard with the scriptures. And I, I, I got to ask you, you know, when, when was the last time that you really had to work hard with the scriptures? You know, you just on your own, at home, in your bedroom. Most of us, when we get faced with that scenario, when you know that you and I got to work hard with the scriptures, we don't want to. <laughs> We're busy, you know, there's other stuff going on. But that's, that's the scenario for all of us. The scriptures take, take hard work, not necessarily somebody else's study. You know, hearing a message from Chip Ingram or, or David Jeremiah or, or James McDonald. But, but we've truly disciplined ourselves to work hard with the scriptures. And we allow the Spirit of God to do exactly what he said he would do, that he would guide you into all truth. And folks, we live in a culture where we want things kind of, we, we, we tend to want things kind of handed to us. We want things to be quick and easy. 
But folks, there's no, there's no quick and easy, there's no quick and easy way to interpret our hearts and what, what God generally wants us to understand and to know. That, it just, it takes time. But I just, I can't encourage it enough that we got to people that are, we got to be people that are quick to work hard with, with the scriptures. We cannot give up and say, well, I don't get this. I'm just going to see what this person has to say about it. Or I'm going to listen to this message and I will let whatever that person holds to. That's, that's what I'll believe. We, that's, that's not quite good enough, folks. You can find a message or a book or somebody else's perspective to fulfill whatever you want to believe about it. And folks, that's just not good enough as we're making, we're making tough decisions on it. We've we got to be people that are students of the word. Secondly, Secondly is this. Here's a great question for you and I to ask ourselves. It's can I be mastered by this? If I am involved in this particular activity, can I be mastered by it? 1 Corinthians 6.12, you can turn there if you want to, is a great text and it says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any, or I will not be mastered by any. Is this something that, is this something that I desire so much that it would cause me to compromise being fully submitted to Christ? Whether it is, whether it is illegal drugs, uh, prescription drugs, uh, alcohol, smoking, uh, sex, food, uh, caffeine, or you're like, man, Corey, you are nuts. <laughs> uh, what about making money? And uh, folks, I could share with you this. There are, uh, there are believers that I've met before that they turn to these things to look for peace or to get them through, to get them through their day. Uh, they're looking for comfort in these things instead of finding their peace and their, their rest in Christ. And folks, that, that, that peace, that's a spiritual heart issue. <laughs> that's not a, a, a substance. That's not a substance issue. Folks, and I, I'm not saying all the things that I just mentioned are unquestionably sin. I'm, I, I'm not saying that. I hope you understand that. I'm not saying that they're unquestionably sin. I think some of them are. But turning those things instead of to your father is, is not okay. And being mastered, according to the scriptures, being mastered by any of them things is absolutely sin. And it's a great question for, for, for us to ask ourselves. And uh, am I, that, that particular word, being mastered, it means, to, it means to give it authority. It means to give it a, a foothold or a power in my life. It means to give it an influence in my life so that at some point, I just, I got to get to it. I have to get to it. I can't pray and turn to God first. I've got to get to this, this, this other thing. And folks, I sure hope we, you and I can be humble enough and ready to admit that, you know what, any one of us can be mastered by something. Do you have the courage to admit that? Uh, I, I would love to think we are all godly enough and we're just all balanced enough that, well, I would never let anything come into my life. Folks, that can happen to each of us. In, in, in fact, in a way where you and I might, might not even recognize it or might not even be aware of it. Um, and we have got to let our relationship with Christ, I mean, be elevated over everything else. Uh, I've talked to a number of believers that were, 
that were, uh, were mastered by something or they were addicted to something specifically. And, uh, and they went through the process of, I, I want to get this out of my life. I don't want to participate in this anymore. And, uh, you know, they had the conviction. I need to set this aside. I need to get this out of my life. And some of them have gone through an entirely different process than others. Some of them, some people have taken a little bit more of a medical approach, if you want to say. They've checked themselves into a hospital or they've come to some other place to, uh, uh, to sober up. I know of other people who have just, they've, they've admitted to God, they fell on their face, they poured out their heart open to God, and they, they just quit cold turkey. <laughs> and God blessed through that. I, I want you to know, I'm not saying one is more important than the other and one, more, one way is more right than the other. I tell you what, a lot of the things that people are putting in their bodies today, I mean, are having very, very long-term effects. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're hurting our bodies in, in many ways, and that can take... God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But I don't want us to be surprised if we need to go someplace for a few months on end and get real help. Um, but I know it's important. It's an important question for you and I to ask. Is this something that could master me? Is this something that could, could get in the way of my walk with Christ being utmost and first? Here's the third thing. Third is this, is am I glorifying God while I do this? 1 Corinthians 10.31, here's a, here's a great text that many of you are familiar with. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Uh, is, is what I'm doing bringing positive attention and positive admiration to to my Savior, am I glorifying God in this? And this is a, I, this is a great text for, for what we're talking about. Um, Paul is actually talking about uh, meat that is sacrificed to idols or to other, God, other gods. And uh, Paul is telling them, it's not, it's not sin to eat. <laughs> you, you have the freedom. You have the freedom to eat. But he's saying, you know what, if the issue comes up, and you're aware that it was sacrificed to idols. And this is what he's saying. This is the point is what he's saying. He's saying, if it will benefit the testimony of Christ, then he says, don't eat. If you can have a, a, a testimony in front of an unbeliever that will make a difference, then for, then for conscience sake, don't, don't eat, don't, don't participate. Not necessarily for your sake, but for the benefit of, of the other person involved. And folks, I, I, I do want to say, I, I wholeheartedly understand and believe what the scriptures say. There's times for you and I literally to restrict the freedom that you and I have, have in Christ. There's a time for that. And I think we've come, you know, I, I, I think, I, I hope and I pray that the church is beginning to come full swing and realize that, you know, we have, we have made everything... Uh, permissible at all times for any reason. I, I think a lot of us have taken the scripture out of context, um, moderation in all things, and we've just said moderation in everything, and so that's just how I live. I do whatever I want, as long as it's my perception of what, of what moderation is, and I, I think we've got to be real careful of that. I think we've got to be real careful of that. Um, it is possible for you and I to exercise our freedom in Christ and it actually do damage. Uh, uh, and and here, here's, here's a rationale 
that I, I've, I've heard from people uh, that I think we need to be careful with. Uh, it's somebody saying, well, I, I am bringing glory to God by, by exercising my, my freedom. That does bring glory to God. And here's what I want to say to you. At times, that's, that's true. It really is true. That we can bring glory to God by, by understanding the fact that our walk with Christ is not just about rules. It's just not about stuff you do and stuff you don't. It's about your heart and your relationship with Christ. But you see, if it is at the expense of the cause of Christ or at the expense of another brother, you know what? That's not acting in love anymore. That doesn't bring glory to God. That doesn't bring glory to God. And so there's, there's another good question. Here's, look at number four. And this kind of leads us right into uh, to this next concept. Will, uh, will this help my walk with Christ and others? Will this help my walk and others walk with Christ? Hebrews 12.1 says that we are laying, that we need to lay aside, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. And I, I hope you have heard this before, and I hope you've seen this before. The scriptures are saying there's obviously sin that we need to set down, that we need to lay down. But the Bible actually says there's also weights, things that may not necessarily be sin that we need to lay down. You know, what I, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, during the, uh, uh, during the Olympics or you've seen on TV or you've seen this before, it, whether it's a football star or a, or a track athlete, as they prepare, you know, and they're getting ready, they're going through training, they've got this little harness that they wear around them, and there's, there's a parachute behind them. You ever seen that before? And that resistance, I mean, it really causes them to work hard. I mean, it really causes them to, to strengthen themselves. Uh, but you and I have never actually watched a track race and somebody's wearing one of those things. <laughs> they don't want that thing on, man. They want to go. They want to fly. I mean, the, the, the shoes, that, I mean, they're, they're thinner than most of our slippers today that they wear. I mean, they want to be as streamlined as they can. So when it's time to hit the track, man, they are gone and they are going and there's nothing in the way. And I think the concept is, is kind of the same. When it comes to me personally and my walk, there are weights that can get in the way. Secondly is this. By way of example, Paul tells Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.12, to set an example for the believers in, in speech, in life. Life means your conduct, any, anything that might be in your life, your speech, your life, love. Faith and purity. Is there an example, perhaps, that in my public freedom in Christ, could I be setting an example for other believers that might hinder them, that might, that might get in the way? I, I'd like you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and look at verses 9 through 12. Uh, and I think some of you are familiar with this, with the concept that our freedom could become a stumbling block to others. 1 Corinthians 8, verses 9 through 12, says this, But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ has died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, 
you sin against Christ. And uh, uh, again, I, I could just repeat it again. Uh, am, I, am I genuinely showing love for my brothers and sisters in Christ by, by very publicly okay, exercising my freedom that way? Um, God tells us that if we're exercising freedom in a particular area, that can cause a brother to stumble. I, verse 12 was actually pretty aggressive. It says you're sinning against, you're sinning against Christ. I, I, you, I, I'm quite certain you and I don't want that. And more often than not, I think there's times that you and I perhaps should, should at least pause before we participate in in some of those in some of those gray areas. Romans 14:22 is a great text. You can just write the reference down, but it actually is a text that refers to the fact that if there is a scenario like that when you could exercise your freedom, the, the scripture says this, to keep it between yourself and God. To keep it between yourself and God. And uh, folks, I've seen I've seen more than one Facebook post of, of somebody expressing their, their freedom in Christ, and it's, it's, more, it's more like flaunting it. <laughs> in fact, it's just the opposite than keeping it between themselves and God. It's actually, it's actually publishing it out to the world, and it's, it's been a number of, of different scenarios like that that have been, that have been kind of shocking and a little disheartening. Um, uh, but the fact is the, that advertising it and, and, and publicly communicate to everything that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm free. I'm free in Christ. I get to participate in this. I get to, I get to do this. But doing that publicly, you can do some damage to, to other believers and you can harm them. And it's something for us to, to, to be aware of. And, and the, the concern that I have is that the whole fact that you and I are to build each other up, could you consider, consider the fact that something that you are participating in could actually tear another believer down? And, and, and that entanglement could actually come through you? I, I know, I, I'm certain you don't want that. I'm certain you don't want that. So Romans gives us some great advice to keep it between ourselves. Many of you are familiar with the passage that Christ says, uh, or Christ says, if anyone causes one of these little ones to believe in me, it would better that what be tied around his neck and thrown into the sea? Uh, that's pretty severe. <laughs> that's pretty severe, if, if you get my drift. And last one, here's number five. Here's the good question to ask. Will this hurt my body, or will this hurt my mind, my body or mind? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says this, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And I think very often people still consider their bodies as, as my body. If I'm, a, if I'm a believer, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I've, I've certainly heard teens say this before. Hey, it's my body. I'll do with it what I want. Well, if you know Christ, no, it is not your body. <laughs> your body is the place where 
Your body is the place where God resides. It is the same, it is the same place where <laughs> that was the Holy of Holies at one point where the priest was only allowed to go into once a year. <laughs> That's how much God values, values your body. And is it, you know, is, is this going to hurt God in some way? Well, no, not at all. The question is, am I being respectful? Am I being submissive and acting in holiness in, in the place where, where God resides? You know, how is, how is my conscience in connecting, you know, God's temple to this particular activity? Um, and... Uh, you know, the question is, is how much, how much hurt to my body is, is, is too much hurt? You know, how much, how much, quote, damage is too much damage? Well, folks, there's a balance in, in everything. If that's the case, you know, we could all, we all need to say we need to stop eating sugar. <laughs> you know, sugar has no value for our bodies. Well, I think God has created your body to be able to handle sugar. Some sugar. <laughs> but th- let me ask you this. Uh, too much sugar in your body, can, can it hurt your body? Yeah, it can. It can. Uh, now, th- uh, folks, don't get me wrong, please. I- I'm not advocating abstinence on sugar. I promise you, you will not see me living that way, okay? Uh, Ken, uh, Pastor Ken can testify this summer during the internship where I was here at the church. I mean, I stuck into his office more than once and snuck out with some licorice and other stuff. Uh, I, I like candy. I like sugar. What, what can I say? But there's a balancing point. There's a balancing point in it all. And is this something that can, can harm my body? Now, at this point, you might be saying, those are, our five, those are our five principles or five good questions that we want to ask ourselves. I've, I've, I've blasted you pretty good. <laughs> and some of you are probably sitting there thinking to themselves, well, man, if... <laughs> If this is the case, I can't do anything, you know. There isn't, there isn't any kind of freedom that I could possibly have in Christ. You're taking the church back 30 years or 40 years and, and bringing us into to legalism again. And folks, I, I hope you understand that is, that is not my objective. Um, I, uh, my, my objective is to not put, not put blue suits and, and khaki trench coats on all of us and we walk around like we're all holier than thou. That, that, that is not my objective. I think these are our principles that really help us when it comes to making right choices. Um, by the way, God's word does speak very specifically on some of the subjects like smoking and drinking uh, and divorce and remarriage, and you can go to the scriptures and find out a whole lot of what the scripture says specifically about some of those, some of those issues. But I think these are some questions that are really, really good to ask. So by way of an, an, a, some practical tips, uh, here's just a couple of things when it comes to your own personal study of the word on some of these areas. Number one is this, is just give it time. You know, a lot of us, like I said, we want answers and I want them right now. In fact, I'd prefer, Corey, you just tell me and then I'll choose to completely ignore you or agree with you if I want to. I, that, that, that's not going to work. <laughs> you and I are personally responsible for studying the Word on ourselves and, and that takes time. In fact, there's many seasoned believers here that would stand up and testify and they would say, you know what, I, man, I wrestled with that for about 10 years <laughs> I studied and I studied and I, I read and I looked and it just, 
It just took me time before I came to a conclusion on that matter. Folks, that, that's a fact of life. Often it does take time. It takes a lot of time. Your history, the way you grew up, your parents, the era that you grew up in often affects a lot of the things that you and I have to make decisions on. It takes time. And so give it some time. Secondly is this. Uh, you and I have got to work hard with the scriptures. Not just tapes, not just uh, downloads, uh, other videos that we see on YouTube, books, or other people's viewpoints. Uh, we have got to get back to working hard with the scriptures. And quite honestly, young people, that might be our fault. Perhaps we haven't done a well enough job in training the next generation to truly study the scriptures for themselves. <laughs> uh, but we have, we, we have got to make that uh, a priority. And lastly is this. Here's a good one. Don't necessarily just ask somebody their opinion. Well, what do you think about this? Do this. Ask somebody for a list of scriptures. You know, when it comes to the issue of, of smoking, what, what scripture should I study? What scripture should I look at that would help me really study the scriptures? That would be a great idea. And that'll give you a great place to start. That'll give you a great place to start. It takes time. It takes humility. Hard, diligent study in the scriptures to come to some of those conclusions. And in the meantime, we've got to be very diligent and... When it comes to the word. Now, here's, uh, here's what I want to do. Uh, I, I don't want to walk away from this particular message without, without focusing on something practical, without focusing on uh, just giving you a particular example. I know that you've sat there, and as I've talked, you've assumed I was talking about one particular area. <laughs> of course, I've been talking about, Corey's been talking about smoking the whole time. No, not necessarily. <laughs> There's lots of different subjects out there that these principles that, that they can help us with. But I do want to focus on one particular item in a practical way. And this is, this is going to be a little bit more like a family time now, okay? Um, well, what I want to share with you is not the official position of Alfred Allman Bible Church. It is not the official position of, of the elders. This is, just, this is just Corey, okay? This is just an example of some of my own study and some of my own process when it comes to working through uh, a particular area. And I don't, I don't want to dodge tough subjects. So I want to talk to you about drinking alcohol. And this is just Corey's perspective and some of the things that I've learned through and what I have gone through over, over the years when it comes to the subject. Um, um, I, and I, I just I couldn't encourage you enough to make sure you study the word. Don't just listen to what I've got to say about it and say, well, uh, Corey's a good guy. You know, he's, I, I respect him, so I'm just going to believe what he believes. Don't do that. Please don't do that. The whole crux of this message that I want to encourage you is, with is this, is we've got to be studiers of the word for ourselves. You and I are responsible for that. Um, the scriptures have a ton to say about drinking alcohol, both the Old and the New Testament different Hebrew words for the word wine uh, that are important for, for us to be aware of. Uh, but, uh, but for me, um, uh, quite some time ago, I, uh, I decided that uh, I didn't want to drink alcohol. Not, not a beer, not wine at a wedding or out with, uh, you know, when I went out to eat, not even privately in my home. That was, that was my decision that, that I wanted to make. 
And uh, over the years, uh, I've revisited that. I've revisited that study, and I've studied it again. And every, every five to ten years, you know, an issue comes up or somebody gives another reason why they think it's a good idea or why it's okay for Christians to drink alcohol publicly or privately. And so I, I want to go back. I want to study those scriptures again. But he, let me just take you through the process for me as to how I made my decision. And still to this day, I don't drink and I, I don't want to drink. The first thing is this. It's just the scriptural evidence for me personally. Uh, uh, and you might say to yourself, well, Corey, Jesus turned water into wine. In fact, Paul told Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach. So, I mean, how, how do you get by that, Corey? Well, those are a couple, those are a couple of good examples, and I, I have my thought process. For, for me, when you look at the whole study of the Scriptures, uh, those just aren't clear enough for me to say, I have the freedom to just drink alcohol in a recreational way anytime I want to, wherever I want to. That's, that's not quite good enough for me. Um, have I, have, have I uh, taken NyQuil when I was sick? Yep. <laughs> it's got alcohol in it. I, I, I think there's a difference between taking NyQuil for when you're sick and you know, grabbing a 24-pack of beer and using it as a medicinal purpose. But for me... Anyways, that's one of my reasons, just the scriptural evidence. The second thing is this. Uh, a number of years ago, I knew I wanted to be in the ministry, and uh, um, uh, I, was a, I pastored in Indiana for, uh, for a time and was a missionary here in New York for quite some time. Uh, as an elder, when you look at 1 Timothy 3, the very first qualification for an elder is to be blameless. It's, it's to be uh, above reproach. Uh, and then it gives the other list. And actually, all of the other things kind of hinge on the first one being, being blameless. Uh, and for me, I, I, when it comes to the people that I minister to, when it came to the church that I was in, when it came to the unbelievers in my neighborhood, when it came to the person at the grocery store that sees me buying something, for me, I, this, I, I just wanted to make sure that I was above Reproach. I wanted to be somebody that was blameless. So that was part of my decision of not drinking alcohol. Uh, thirdly, it's this. Um, this is pretty simple. I, I just don't want to. <laughs> I think it stinks. <laughs> you know, for the same reason, I am not going to eat sauerkraut or live squids. I don't want to, okay? So I'm not going <laughs> to. I don't want it. Uh, that's a... That's pretty simple. I just, I just have no desire to. Uh, and one of the other things that, uh, that was important uh, when it comes to making my uh, decision to drink alcohol is I, I just don't see in any way that it could benefit me in my walk with Christ. I, I'm afraid I have seen many people in many other instances where it, it, it did not benefit them. And you, you and I can all know, we all know of testimonies about that. Uh, but for me, when it came to being a leader of my family, when it came to being a pastor, when it came to being somebody that was involved in leading other people, I just didn't see it as something that would, that would benefit my walk with Christ. So for me, I labeled it a weight that I wanted to set down. So I'm just sharing with you, these are some of my own personal thoughts about the issue of 
of drinking alcohol and why I do what I do. Uh, now, let me just share it with you. you. You don't have to think like me. That's okay. I'm okay with that too. Uh, you don't have to live exactly like me. Uh, Could I share with you this? You, you don't need to come up to me after the service and say, well, Corey, have you thought of this? Well, have you thought of this? Well, have you thought of this? You're, you're, you're probably not going to change my opinion a whole lot. Uh, I, I, I hope you're aware of that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I want you to know, I, I, I don't stand in judgment on anybody. I, I'm not here to condemn anybody. Uh, I'm okay with the concept of giving anybody time to do the research and study on their own. Um, so if you and I are in line at Walmart at the same time and you're trying to cover up something in your basket that you don't want Corey to see, listen, don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm not going to run you into the ground, okay? There are subjects that some of you have settled and confirmed, I bet, in your own heart and mind that I'm still working on. You could give each other the freedom to study the scriptures on their own. The, the, the best thing that I could share with you is this. It's just don't stop studying the scriptures. The scriptures say to work hard with the scriptures. Have the diligence to go the distance. Talk to other believers and say, yeah, what are your scriptures? What, how did you study it? What did you do? And folks, far too often, I think, especially for our young people today, uh, uh, we got to empower them to study. You see, for us as parents, for us as our adults, the, the, the fear is this. If I, give them the, if I don't tell them what they're supposed to do, then they're just going to go and be reckless. Folks, are you afraid of the Holy Spirit's work in the heart of your child? <laughs> you, you could not empower them more. <laughs> so have the faith to empower them to study the Scriptures for themselves. And it's good for you to advise them. That's a good thing. There's wisdom in many counsel. But I just want to encourage you this morning to, to not give up. It takes time to study the word hard and get some good advice from, from other believers that, that you know. Let's, let's pray and we'll be done. Father, I do thank you so much for, uh, for your word. Uh, as we even look at difficult subjects or, or uh, things that aren't very comfortable, Father, I pray, first of all, that, that you would help us to have the diligence. And more than anything, God, I pray, I pray that you can convict us about the times where we didn't work hard, where we did just want to get somebody else's opinion and believe that. Father, I pray that, uh, that each of us could be convicted about the necessity of pursuing you with my whole heart when something perhaps could be an issue of sin, God, may it, may it burn inside my soul to want to please you in everything. And not just to do what I, what I prefer. Father, we thank you for your patience with us. <laughs> your, your foolish children at times. And Lord, I pray that uh, we would be people that more than anything, we could honor you with with our lives. And we pray this in your son's name.